Hello, everyone. Welcome to this new episode of the PwC Tax Byte podcast. My name is Peter Drey, Global Tax Director in PwC Brussels, and I welcome you to this new edition. Today, in my virtual recording studio, I have with me three experts in European policy, and that's good because we're going to talk about the roadmap for business taxation in the 21st century, which was published today, 18th of May, by the European Commission. With me in the studio, we have Isabel Verlinden, the Corporate Tax Strategy Leader for PwC, Stefan de Baats, former OECD, now Senior Counsel, holding, I must say, a very close finger on the international policy developments, and Jean-Philippe van West, an expert in European tax law, who is also extremely closely monitoring all these ongoing developments. Isabel, we're so happy that you could make it to this recording of the podcast. And the, the fact that you are here must mean that what we're going to talk about is a very important development. Is that right, Isabel? Thank you, Peter. And uh, hi, everybody. And thanks for uh, tuning in um, massively for this podcast. Um, I was intrigued by it, Peter, because I saw BFIT. And I thought, uh, well, be fit uh, for people working from home since the last 14 months. Is this now about the European Commission trying uh, to get us into a sort of a fitness subscription? But it stands for Business in Europe Framework for International Taxation. So um, it's definitely something that is going to trigger uh, a lot of attention, not only in international press, but definitely is going to impact the uh, strategy and the tax strategy of companies going forward. So um, that's the reason for me chipping in. And I also saw, Peter, that uh, a number of initiatives are already planned to chip in uh, the fourth quarter of this year, 21, uh, others for uh, 2022. So uh, there seems to be a sense of urgency and all that. And I would like to, um, to ask a few questions to Stefan and to uh, Jean-Philippe and to you as well, Peter. The first one on uh, transparency. I see quite some stuff on transparency here. Publication, mandatory publication of effective tax rates. Stefan, can you uh, elaborate a bit more on that, please? Yeah, thank you, Isabel. And indeed, transparency is one of the key topics or keywords within the vocabulary of the European Union. Um, what they intend to do is to come up with a new legislative proposal for uh, a new publication, new public reporting, actually, by large economic actors, by large economic uh, enterprises of an effective tax rate. The calculation of this, of this effective tax rate would be based on uh, accounting records, so not tax records, but accounting records, a bit like, like the Pillar 2 uh, methodologies that, that are being, de being developed. And that would then be the new transparency that needs to be reported. The point is, of course, that because they will calculate the ETR on the basis of accounting records and not on tax records, that, of course, there can be a, a deviation, actually, in the way that uh, the figures are presented or the outcomes that may, uh, the, may be the result of this new transparency measure be to be tabled by 2022. Thank you, Stefan. From transparency to economic substance, maybe, um, Peter. So I see some wording about companies with weaker substance. Uh, let's call it shell companies or cash box companies. 
it looks as if the Commission has some um, plans to curb the use of uh, those companies in particular circumstances as well. Can you um, give us a bit more detail, please? Yeah, absolutely, Isabel. And uh, it's not new that the European Commission is concerned about the potential abusive use of shell companies. But in the proposal today, there is a very uh, an specific announcement for a legislative proposal, eh? and that would already come in the fourth quarter of 21, so quite soon. Um, yeah, shell companies, or what is the proposal about? Eh? Shell companies, uh, companies with no or, or minimum substance, or very limited or, or no real economic activities. Eh? And these shell companies are uh, often used to obtain certain tax uh, benefits, abusive tax benefits by taxpayers. Eh? And the Commission wants to uh, curb this use of shell companies by introducing specific rules that would um, require companies to provide sufficient information to the authorities so that the authorities can verify whether the use of certain companies in the structure are legitimate or potentially abusive and and in and a shell company and in that case they could take the necessary action um to terminate the tax benefits related to that so that would be the proposal isabel we expect and that would come somewhere quarter 421 according to the plan and that's an interesting one isn't it gentlemen because i thought that uh, with the beps project of the oecd the focus was on the qualitative assessment do I have the people who have the expertise and the empowerment to credibly oversee entrepreneurial risk? Now it seems as if the European Commission is um, is taking a bit of a step back and, and uh, gives an, another tweak to um, this sort of uh, uh, analysis. So um, Jean-Philippe, I'm sure you have digested things with particular interest. Uh, when looking at uh, things like losses, very relevant in this uh, pandemic situation, or at least when talking about recovery from it, and also on, um, let's say, coherence. Eh? I see, I read some stuff around debt uh, versus equity. Um, I'm sure uh, you have a lot to say about that. Yes, indeed. And uh, there's, of course, uh, something to say about that uh, in the proposal or in the document. And uh, first, regarding uh, losses. Uh, the treatment of losses has been uh, uh, a point of controversy for a long time uh, in Europe already. And now um, the European Commission comes up with a recommendation regarding the treatment of, uh, of losses, because of course, because of the pandemic, lots of companies have uh, significant losses. What is important uh, to mention here, that it is uh, a recommendation and not a legislation a legislative instrument so not a, a directive and of course it has to be seen whether uh, member states uh, will follow uh, this rec non-binding uh, recommendation um, a second point uh, regarding um, stimulating um, or creating um, an investment uh, friendly business climate is uh, dealing uh, with the debt equity bias and as you know, if you uh, finance investment through debt, then you have uh, a deductible interest. However, if you um, finance through uh, equity, well, your dividends are uh, not tax deductible. Um, the Commission wants to address uh, this bias and as well uh, is seeking to come up with a proposal beginning of uh, 2022 that allows, uh, that provides for an allowance for equity financing. 
Um, this is not new. Huh? We know this already in Belgium with the notional interest deduction. And we already see this, have seen this as well in the triple CTP uh, proposal. Maybe what important here is as well might be that because uh, that's the, the policy behind it, it might be that um, companies that have more equity and more equity finance finance that they have uh, have uh, stronger resistance against uh, a crisis because they have more uh, equity thank you jean-philippe uh, stefan i see that this plan sets out the direction of travel of the eu and that's probably where the acronym bfit comes from particularly under that chapter i see cccTB common consolidated corporate tax base um, can we speak of a revitalization can we speak of a resurrection uh, what's up on uh, cccTB yeah thanks Isabel uh, bfit tax wise for the 21st century that is perhaps how you could explain bfit but bfit stands for business in Europe framework for income taxation bfit so they are getting good at acronyms the European Commission they would say they say that triple ctb would be off the table that is that bfit would replace the triple ctb proposals that were handed out in 2011 2016 so they're off the table now but at least they're replaced with something else the bfit it's also a formulaic approach and in the formula we see some i would say some common grounds with the triple ctb we have sales uh, sales at destination we got uh, labor personnel and salaries as a factor in there and also we see the asset factor again coming in but it is not entirely the same because sales by destination and the labor factor they well that we recognize but in the triple ctb the assets excluded the intangibles whereas the paper now indicates that the asset factor would include intangible and i think that could make could that could indeed make a major difference in particular with regards to the to the value chain of the enterprises that indeed intangibles are now incorporated or could be incorporated into this uh, this formula otherwise they explained that the european commission explains it that uh, well because of you have 27 tax uh, tax legislations that companies must abide to so this will be a simplification reducing red tape the compliance cost the same arguments that we have seen with the triple ctb are also here uh, i would say reworded into this document also combating tax avoidance uh, growth investments also these elements come back forth and they consider bfit again as a miracle for uh, development within the european union so major issue is of course the inclusion of the intangibles now in the formula and the proposal is to be tabled by 2023 so i would say that's the day after tomorrow so in other words uh, stefan uh, with the intangibles being included we see that there is a factor of economic productivity being included but it remains a formulary apportionment uh, in a nutshell that's what i understand right that is absolutely correct. So the, the carve out of intangibles or at least intangibles is, is no longer there. It is now a carve in of intangibles, but indeed a formulaic approach is taking the same route as pillar one and pillar two under the OECD G20 project. All formulaic is all that we hear. Okay, uh, pillar one and pillar two. Um, I, um, I think there is a bit of a fatigue to talk about pillar one and pillar two, but can we avoid it, Peter? I don't think so. And 
um, being uh, more into transfer pricing, I was always um, carrying more interest in, in pillar one, eh, chopping off a part of the residual profit of companies and allocating that over the destination uh, countries. Well, that seemed to me uh, more interesting than pillar two, uh, but pillar two uh, has become the sort of overarching theme, the theme of minimum taxation, minimum taxation as a means to uh, underscore the attempt for going uh, visa, uh, in the direction of more fair taxation and so on. What is the plan saying about uh, pillar two? Yeah, well, the, the plan proposed today um, uh, talks a lot about Pillar 1 and Pillar 2, uh, but does not yet include a specific proposal. Eh? What, what the plan is rather doing is, uh, of course, uh, reiterating that uh, because of the, the recent uh, US uh, changes and, and the proposal eh, that they, they are very hopeful to get an, a Pillar 2 agreement very soon. And uh, basically the message is, if the global agreement on Pillar 2 is there, we will be ready to implement this in Europe. And how will that be implemented in Europe? Well, clearly via a directive. Uh, the, it, it's not a new debate that, that questions have been raised in, in different fora on compatibility of Pillar 2 and European law. And yeah, the Commission is clearly uh, starting from the idea with the directive, we can implement Pillar 2 in a way that it's consistent with European law and with many of the other initiatives in Europe. Because let's not forget that um, it's only a few years ago when via the anti-tax avoidance, the ATAT directive, a CFC rule was introduced in Europe. A CFC rule looks a little bit like the income inclusion rule, which is the, the, the rule for, for introducing minimum taxation under Pillar 2. They look a bit the, sim the same, but they are very similar. And, and when Pillar 2 is being introduced in Europe, the necessary changes will need to be made to the ATAT, to CFC, to make this happen in a, in a consistent manner. Um, other other uh, proposals in Europe that are impacted by the Pillar 2 is the debate around the interest and royalty directive. Uh, um, there, for a number of years already, there have been uh, proposals circulating to introduce a subject to tax condition in the interest and royalty directive. So basically, um, only granting the withholding tax exemption for interest and royalties in Europe if the beneficiary is sufficiently taxed, eh, is subject to effective taxation or according to some proposals even a minimum taxation well that debate will of course be closed when a pillar 2 is introduced because then a general minimum taxation would be introduced in europe eh? and furthermore the, the 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 commission is also hinting that also the rules to determine third countries as non-cooperative jurisdictions and there are many consequences of being qualified as non-cooperative in the in the eyes of europe well that those uh, conditions to qualify as non-cooperative would include also the pillar two um, uh, implementation so if you don't implement pillar two you would be that would be one of the triggers to become uh, to be seen as a non-cooperative jurisdiction so you see isabel it's not yet a proposal but it's clear through the lines i would say that the draft proposal is ready and that commission is saying here in the in the, in the document today we will be ready when the international um, uh, community is ready with approving pillar two Thanks, Peter. That's very interesting. So a change in the anti-tax avoidance directive, a change in the interest royalty directive and a new directive. So uh, a lot to read in the coming uh, weeks and months, undoubtedly. Stefan, maybe a few words on uh, Pillar 1. Yeah, the document is relatively quiet on uh, Pillar 1. Uh, it, it's, that does not mean that they are not saying anything, but they simply will say, OK, we'll be ready for Pillar 1. 
the nexus or the nexus rules and the allocation rules will be ready and it will be implemented through a new directive as well so that's actually what what they're saying fully aligned i would say with the pillar one proposals that are currently being developed thank you jean-philippe i would like to um push the ball back in your court now and talk a bit about the chances of success of this plan because i very well appreciate that this plan is not standing in the way of uh, the ongoing work of the eu on digital levy on public country by country reporting on carbon border adjustment program and and so on uh, but can you give a bit more insights on what you expect to happen in 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 the broader scheme of things yes yes of course and a lot of the uh, initiative mentions uh, we heard the word uh, new directive change of a directive uh, uh, we heard, came uh, we heard it quite often and as we know for uh, adopting or amending an eu directive in the field of direct taxation we need uh, unanimity yeah? so there's a unanimity required amongst all eu member states so whether uh, these uh, all these uh, initiatives will be realized will depend pretty much on whether an unanimity can be reached. It's hard to predict, of course, the future, but if we if we look uh, at the past, then we've seen that um, uh, directives in the field of uh, anti-abuse, such as the uh, ATAT 1 and 2, and as well uh, directives in the field of uh, tax transparency, uh, DAC 6, uh, 7 as well recently, have been uh, agreed upon and unanimity has been found uh, at a very uh, relatively fast. So it can go, uh, it can as well go really fast. However, we know as well some other initiatives, such as the tri triple CTB, have already been pending for uh, several years. And it has to be uh, seen whether now uh, there is appetite amongst uh, member states uh, to reach agreement on this new uh, BFIT. So uh, that's in a nutshell uh, regarding uh, feasibility. Okay, um, thanks for that. I think, Peter, uh, we gave you uh, in a nutshell what we think is going to happen. So um, back to you. Yeah, uh, thanks, Belen. You have been asking a lot of questions now, and now I will ask you a question. Uh, because I imagine that our audience here, uh, when they see all these changes uh, coming to, towards them, as a tax professional, you would be a little bit uncertain probably and, and, and wonder, what can I do to cope with this. Um, is there any light you can shed from your experience uh, in Europe, in the world, uh, with, with taxation for all these years? What would companies be, should companies be doing to prepare for all of this, uh, Isabel? Oh my gosh, Peter, I thought by asking questions, I could avoid the daunting task of trying to answer them. Uh, but let me um, give a few sound bites on this. Effective tax rates. Uh, I heard Stefan talking about the need to uh, publish your effective tax rate. Effective tax rates need to be sustainable, predictable, and explainable. And uh, this is um, all about making sure that you can defend the system profit allocation throughout your value chain. So your value chain analy uh, analysis is, is more important than, than ever. Have your story right on that. So uh, master file is just one means to do that. 
but there are uh, many more. So take a deep dive into that. The OECD transfer pricing guidelines reflect that, as we know, since 2017. But this is really a call for action to take the bull by the horns and um, be very, very clear about uh, your value chain uh, analysis. And the other one is the health check of your uh, existing current system. Because I do appreciate the need for having directives, but we should not forget that um, while getting 27 countries on board, well, you need directives for that. But in other parts of the world, think about the United States, think about Asia, you don't have that sort of um, rigid framework that needs to have that sort of directive. So this makes it even more important to do that uh, health check from a legalistic perspective on, on your international tax structure. With these um, two uh, suggestions, Peter, I would, um, I would like to um, pause the Button back to you. Thanks, Isabel, and uh, yeah, I really appreciate your your input here. Um, with that, we come uh, to the end of this uh, this podcast, which I think was very interesting. Yeah, with new words like BFIT, a lot of anti avoidance, transparency. So it sure will be interesting weeks and months to come uh, in the European uh, tax landscape. And if you want to stay tuned with the latest developments, I invite you to subscribe to this podcast series that can be done via Apple, Google, or Spotify or the PwC website. Um, I end with thanking Stefan, Jean-Philippe and Isabel for being here. And I hope uh, to see the audience again in the next podcast. Thank you.